Welcome to the Simplify Musecast. I'm Farah, and I'm here with Jill. Hi, everyone. This week, we're talking about getting started with homeschooling. This is part one. We're going to talk about uh, curriculums and how to know what to teach and legal issues and so forth. Sometimes people are interested in homeschooling, but when they go to research it, they get overwhelmed by all the information that's out there. Today, we're going to try to give a little guidance about how to sort through all that chaos, and we're going to share some of our favorite tips and tricks for newbies. I thought I'd start off by knocking a pretty easy question off of our list. It's legal to homeschool in every state, and it's pretty simple nearly everywhere. A couple of states require something that takes some more of your time, like keeping a portfolio of your student work or writing a summary of your plans for the year, but most states don't require anything like that. Uh, Many states don't require anything at all, and many require only that you register with your state as a homeschooler. Uh, Some require that you administer a standardized test, which is not as onerous as it sounds. Uh, There are a lot of testing companies where you can order one and administer it at home yourself. Uh, If you head to our website, then we have some good links about getting started, including some about finding your local laws. I thought I'd add no state requires that you follow along with the public school curriculum. So some states uh, have things in their laws that say, like, you must teach math and social studies and English. Uh, that sort of thing. But they don't say you must read this particular book for English or you must cover this particular topic for math this year. Uh, It's all up to you. And I I see that question a lot from people who are getting started. So you decide what you're going to teach and how you're going to structure your homeschool. Uh, But that can be tough, right? So you're not required to teach a particular topic. So how do you know what to teach? It's a good question. And, you know, I think maybe to start with what your yearly goals are. So, and that would be different for each age group. So if you have little ones, maybe, you know, your goals are to get them, you know, started with reading. And so, you know, that would be the the focus of one of your subjects with them. And then if you have high schoolers, you know, you, you'd have to decide, do you want them to go to college? Do they want to go to community college? Do where, what's their goals? And then see what the requirements are. So if you're going to college, obviously in high school, you're going to be like four years English. It's going to look a lot like your local high school, four years English, four years social studies, four years math, but then, you know, how high math do you need to go up? So you'd have to really do some research on that end. When they're little, you can just mostly have fun. And enjoy. Yeah, it. <laughs> you just cover whatever comes up. Yeah, and cover it, what it comes up. It basically works yeah. out okay. Yeah, I know some people get stressed about this, and there are there are things that you can buy, like the you know what your blank grader right. needs to know. Right. And you can look, I mean, you're not required to follow it, but you can look at things like Common Core or what your state is doing. Right. Um, and it and that can help you sort of feel like you've checked off a box. But you also don't have to do that. I think a lot of this stuff is is common sense to some extent. Like, oh, my kid probably needs to learn how to read and <laughs> how to do some yeah. arithmetic, yeah. some math. Um, and, and also a lot of people buy a curriculum for these things. And that helps you, you know, you say, oh, I, I like the sound of this program. And you buy it, and then, oh, my kid is reading this book and yeah. is learning about, you know, ancient Egyptians or, you know, early American history or chemistry or whatever it is. 
And then you don't need to worry beyond that. Like, oh, is it the right topic? Is it the right thing? Yeah. You, you can just go with it. <laughs> and I think some some parents naturally do worry about that and need much more of a guide, which I think is okay, too. And if you're that parent, you know, get a curriculum in all-in-one if you want. Or just, like you said, look at your state requirements or something. If you really want a guide and you want to feel like you're hitting everything that the kids are hitting... It's okay to do that, but always remember they don't hit it all in elementary schools, right? That's their guide too. Yeah. And they try to hit most, you know, like maybe 70% of it, but there'll be some things they don't touch on and that's okay. Yeah. People always ask about gaps. Like how can I make sure there are no gaps? And the the truth is like kids in school have gaps too. Yeah. And you can't, there's, you know, even if you're super organized about it, There'll be things that your kids just did not absorb, even though you taught it, or things that you forgot, despite your best organization and efforts. And and that's true for kids in school, too. Every kid has little holes in their learning. The key is to get, you know, enough of that critical thinking and enough information that they have, you know, something to fit more information in. Because, you know, if you forgot to teach about you know, something that's important, it'll come up later in life. And they'll have the skills to learn it because you will have taught enough stuff and they'll have a framework to fit it into because you will have taught some other things. You know, if you forgot a science fact, they will have learned other science things and they'll know where to slot that into their to their understanding and I think when my kids were little I don't know where I read this but I read somewhere and it was just such great advice that the first like first or we could say kindergarten even kindergarten through kindergarten uh, through fourth grade is more about exposure and it's not about Mm -hmm. anything you don't need to worry about these facts being cemented in their brain or anything you just want to expose them to everything then when you yes. go back through it, because you're going to go back through it again. I mean, that happens yeah. in fifth through eighth. That's the time where it's more being cemented and everything. And then in high school is when they're thinking critically about everything. So if you right. if, if you realize it's just about exposure when they're young, you know, it yeah. takes a lot of pressure off your shoulders, you know. It does. And, and it is, you know, I mean, some people uh, work on memorization skills when kids are young, which you can do or not do. Uh, depending on, you know, what philosophy you choose, how you decide you're going to approach things. But, I mean, they're just, you know, as long as you as you try to expose them to a lot of stuff, you know, yeah. go places and read books and, you know, get in a little science, a little history, it, it's going to be enough. Yeah. Um, and, and it's going to make a difference for them. Yeah. And it'll, okay, it'll so, cement, oh, wait, I'm just going to add this. It'll yeah, cement their it. love of learning, right? If it's more right. exposure and just appreciation, they'll really have this enthusiasm. You'll be surprised, too, if it's your first time going through how much enthusiasm these young homeschool kids can have for topics. It's really almost a breath of fresh air if you've been through the public school system. Oh, so true. They have. I mean, you can pick out a homeschooler in a group, and <laughs> you know, sometimes they say, like, you must be a homeschooler. You have a lot of questions. And it is, you know, that that compared to public school kids, it can, for adults, it can start to get annoying, which I think is part of where the, like, reputation comes from. But the reality is it's because they're engaged. Yeah. They're asking questions. Yeah. They're interested. And I, it's just it's so much easier to fix, quote, unquote, the sort of, like, I want to interrupt and ask everything <laughs> yeah. and share all my knowledge. You know, it's... It's easier to fix that later than to to show a kid how to, you know, like, oh, 
please have this intellectual curiosity. It's harder to fix that. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, so we mentioned curriculum. And most homeschoolers, not all, but most homeschoolers want to buy some curriculum. And I, I think even, you know, the most sort of loose homeschoolers typically want to at least get math programs. Yeah. Um, but some homeschoolers want a program for everything. And how do you know what to, what to get? There's just a lot out there. There's so much out there. I actually think when my twins were little that even though the options were so limited, especially if you were a secular homeschool homeschooler, it was almost easier mm-hmm. because <laughs> there is so much out there today. <laughs> I often think, you know, if I had a four or five year old, I'd be going crazy. I wouldn't know where to start, really. But And there's so much there's free stuff online. There's free stuff. Too. There's online courses. You know, the nice thing is that you can do some really good research on the internet and you can, you know, go over to the well trained mind or whatever Facebook you group you like and ask uh, questions the nice thing is there's so many great samples online too I wish I had had that when mine were little you know where you can like see a big portion of a program it's easier now to see you know the first 20 pages or the sample chapter online for a lot of programs now than it used to be Um, and it I think you just there's no way to do it other than to kind of wade through this stuff and and see what appeals to you Um, I always think it's good to sort of go back to your goals. Sometimes people get so focused on the goals of the curriculum yeah. mm-hmm. that they forget what their own goals are. You know, so I've had I've met people before and they're telling me that, you know, their goal is, you know, is one thing and then they're using a program where the goal is sort of the the antithesis of that. And it's always sort of surprising. I'm like, well, but why? And they're like, well, it just appealed to me so much or it was so popular or everybody told me it was so good. Yeah. And that's those are actually good reasons to choose a program. Like it looks cool and you're excited about it is not a terrible reason to, no, not to do a program. Yeah. And p- programs get popular for a reason, typically because they're interesting and people like them. And so that's, you know, that is a good place to start. But you know, you want to kind of feed it back through, like, what do I want to be doing with my kid? And what's my ultimate goal? And and if it doesn't, if the program doesn't reflect that, then maybe it's, even if it is popular and cool looking, maybe it's not the right program. For yeah. You. And, and I think sometimes when you choose a program like that, that's not really for your goals. It, it might work in the short term. But after a yeah. while, it you just are like, why am I using this? You know? So I think it's always important to keep that in mind. And I think it's important to keep in mind, you know, where you're seeing your reviews and who are the people who really love it. You know, are there students like your students? And how long did they use it? Yes, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time there will be a lot of reviews and – these are all people who used it for two or three months. Yeah. You know, or two or three weeks. I mean, you know. Yeah, two or three weeks. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Right. Or there are people who have a really gifted student and you just don't. Or, you know, or, or they're unschoolers. I've noticed that a little bit. Like uh, parents <coughs> who you would think that would label themselves unschoolers who love a certain program, but maybe you're not that, you know, that's not the type of kid you have. Right. I noticed that with me a little bit. So you just have to look, you know, a program that works for one group of people won't necessarily work for you. Yeah, and I think you just, you go online and you get, I think, recommendations. Word of mouth is still the best way. And the things that you search, especially when you're new um, online, aren't necessarily going to be the things that are actually most popular. Like I've noticed that, 
you know, if you just do a random search for homeschooling and homeschool curriculum, a lot of stuff comes up that I've barely heard of. Oh, yeah. And I don't know anybody true. who's lot, using. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, listen to the actual homeschoolers. That's why you need to go on Facebook groups and talk to people, you know, in your area who are actually doing this or go on forums and see what people are actually saying. I always or, thought, it you know, what are the starred reviews or yeah. whatever. And yeah. I always thought it was helpful, too, uh, if you know some homeschool families to, to actually flip through their curriculum. I was always willing yes. to show, share our curriculum with anyone who wanted to just look at it. It's, it yeah, our group to used to it. do curriculum shares yeah. where everybody would bring what they're using for a day and then everybody just sort of pass it around. That's really helpful. And that was always the useful. Yeah. yeah. So do that. So so do you have to have a curriculum? That's the other thing. Is, right. You know, I mean, some people come in and they think, oh, my gosh, I don't have a curriculum. What do I do? Yes, I would say you absolutely do not need a curriculum. Um, for some first-time homeschoolers, they feel better for it, with it. And a lot of times you'll see posts where it's like, well, my first year I got an all-in-one homeschool curriculum, yes. and now I'm not, you know. But it was helpful. It was right. helpful the first year. Mm-hmm. And now I can I see. I see a lot of people start with online programs yeah. now. Yeah, Especially some of the ones where you can pay by the month right? instead of buying the whole thing at once. Which isn't a bad idea, right, if you can just pay by the month no. and just have something to guide you for a little bit. Yeah. And I think anything, that's the biggest mistake people make is that they are starting homeschooling and they think, oh my God, I have to have a curriculum right now. And then they think I have to buy, you know, the most expensive thing. And then they end up putting down $500 or or more. Or more. For an all year. Yeah. A thousand dollars. Yeah. On a curriculum. And you know, two months later, it's not the right one. Yeah. It's a big mistake. <laughs> it's just, you don't want to do that. I've, I've you know, actually, I would say, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it, 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 if you can, you know, start with one subject and get that and see how it goes. And then, you know, a month later, then get another subject. Actually, that's really <laughs> and good And add them in slowly. It's actually, that's good yeah. advice too. If, uh, if you're a new homeschooler, how to start out too? start with one subject, you know, start yeah. with just language mm-hmm. arts or, you know, reading right. or whatever exactly. and do it for a month and get it, get your student in a, a schedule and where they're enjoying it. And then a month later, add math, you know, right. You don't have exactly. to do all five, you know, subjects or whatever you want to cover the first day and get it all done. You know, you, you can actually slowly ease into it, especially if you're coming to homeschooling after doing something else for a while. And I would say, too, like that sort of goes along with de-schooling, which is an idea that you'll hear a lot of people talk about. Uh, Some people say uh, there's this rule of thumb, which has just no meaning as far as I can (laughs) tell, where people say for every year that your child was in a brick and mortar school, then you should spend a a whole month month. de-schooling, which I, uh, (laughs) I think most people, if your child is coming out of a difficult situation in school, Definitely consider de-schooling, or if your child has been in school for a while, um, it's not an absolute must. Some people dive right in and it's fine, but I, you know, I think it's it's a good thing to to do at least for a, a few weeks, you know, and then check in and see where you are. And it doesn't have to be time off from uh, from 
learning or education or anything. It can be pretty structured if you want it to be, but you don't dive into a curriculum first thing if you're de-schooling. And it's actually a good time to get to know curriculum and then start one and then start another, you know, yeah. and, and you, can, you can do that. And it's a good time to get to know your homeschool community and to get to know, uh, you know, what your resources are and, you know, what your routines might look like. And it's also a good time to get to know your student, you know, especially if they've been in school a long time. You know, maybe you're pulling home a 13-year-old. And they've been in school since they were six. You know, that's a long time that they've been out of the house every day. Right. And so that's you, a you whole You have to new make routine. new patterns yeah. of doing things. Yeah. yeah. You have to get to know each other in a different way. Like you think you know your kid, but you don't know them as a learner and you don't know them, you know, at lunchtime. What is that like? You know? Yeah. It's a different vibe. Okay. That seems like a good place to stop. That's all. Thanks for listening. We're going to do part two next. This MuseCast is brought to you by Simplify Homeschool and College Counseling. Visit our website at www.simplify4u.com. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-F-Y, the number four, Y-O-U.com. Our intro and outro music was composed by Decca Harper. You can find his music on Bandcamp. Production assistance by Truffaut Harper. And next week, we'll do the part two and talk more about getting started with homeschooling, particularly different homeschool styles, and we'll tackle socialization. Thanks, everyone.